Hello, it is Monday, July 26th. A lot has happened. Just a quick update. Since we had left the studio, we'll talk about this, we'll allude to this, but now it is being reported by Adam Schefter and others that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers have come to an agreement to make this one more year thing a reality together. Now, this is very similar to a last dance. Not the last dance with Michael Jordan, obviously, because that's a much different situation than what Aaron's got going on, but it does feel like we are staring down a Jeter tip of the cap season, a last ride, a last dance for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and Devontae Adams is involved in this entire thing. But today is a good show, good conversation, a lot of great guests. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If you like this show, by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. Let's get to it. Hope you had a fantastic Woo. weekend. I get to celebrate my wife's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Sam. Sam. Happy birthday, Sam. Now, the anniversary is obviously coming up this weekend, so what have you done for me lately? I guess we'll find out. Uh, 1-833-4-McAFEE uh, to get on the phones. We can't wait to chat with you with all things happening in the world. We'll definitely talk about the world games. Hey, mm-hmm. oh, this yeah. weekend I was dialed in. Now, Saturday, had a great birthday with the wife, had a full day excursion. Then at night, we we're going to sit down and watch Ted Lasso. Ooh, oh, nice. here we go. That was actually a part of the plans. Mm-hmm. I planned the day out, which is something I never do. I think people see the way our show operates and the way I operate. I rarely plan things out long term. Plan the day out. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to go here. The Zito showed up with flowers. Thank nice. you, Zito. Zito, Zito packed the bowling alley out with flowers. You know what I mean? Had yeah. I mean, it was a good time. It was a good day. And then we we're going to go home. We we're going to watch Ted Lasso season two. Uh-huh. Of course. Perfect. Nightcap. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I was thinking, did I fucking do it or did I fucking do it? I was thinking to myself when I woke up Saturday morning. You know what I mean? Clean sweep. How are we doing? Keep it moving. Going to have a great day. Then I get home. Guess what? Ted Lasso only let one episode out? Uh, you kidding no. me? No. Listen, Ted, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, I don't Come need that on. type of bullshit happening in this day and age of streaming. If you want to only let out half a season, maybe even two episodes, there you, you can do that. And everybody's telling me, oh, you got to be patient. It, it keeps Ted Lasso to be talked about longer. It's like, well, I'll tell you what. The only conversation I'm going to have about Ted Lasso is about the sack of shit <laughs> coordinating production decision <laughs> to only put out one episode, okay? And I was one of the loudest, biggest, earliest fans of that show. Mm-hmm. It made Maybe I'm just most upset because I had it planned out into my wife's birthday because how much she loves it. We'll shut it down, binge watch uh, season two. Maybe three episodes, four episodes, whatever the case. Sure. And just kind of happy go luck. Then I see one episode on there. We watch it, obviously. It's like, okay, cool. Now I got to wait another week. What is this, 1990? <laughs> kidding me. Get me out of here, dude. Did you? Um, they try to make it as insufferable as it is to watch actual soccer. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do with Ted Lasso, the soccer coach. I'm not happy about it, but thank God the World Games was there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Got a chance to watch a bunch of sports I know nothing about. Absolutely nothing about, but I was into it. I was learning. I was excited. And we have to talk about all those things, but now is not the time to do that because today is a big day. Just moments ago, over in Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. a man that could have been there is joining us right now mm-hmm. at Ty Schmidt. The shareholders meetings happening in Green Bay. Will they answer any questions about Aaron Rodgers? Ooh. Maybe the franchise's biggest asset, most accomplished asset, most successful asset, most expensive asset. Will they talk about that with the shareholders, you think? Or do you think Gunta Kuntz and Mark Murphy will continue to try to drive 
wedging this thing and just skirt around it at Ty Schmidt. Yeah, my guess would be they won't say anything. They'll probably come out and say, like, oh, it's great to see the greatest fans in the world get a Whoa! big yeah, exactly. Yeah, big pop. Get a big pop from everybody, obviously. And then I'm sure they will, you know, just kind of brush right over, hey, not only have we pissed off Aaron to the point where he's gone, he's not coming back. We might get one more year out of him. But now we've also pissed off Devontae Adams. He doesn't want to Goodness. come back. Zadarius Smith came out the other night and basically said, like, hey, what's going on with my fucking contract? I want to be here for a long time, too, but you guys don't really want that. So we'll see if they mention that stuff. My guess would be they won't. Though. Okay, so fascinating because you could have been there. We should have sent you there because if we had boots on the ground there, our show would be better. But... I mean, really, nothing's going to happen. We'll be able to see it all on the Internet anyways. Before the words even get out of Mark Murphy's mouth, we'll be able to hear about it on the Internet and how this whole thing is go. We will watch that closely. And I have to go back to your point about them saying we have the greatest fan base in the world or whatever to get a big pop. Mm -hmm. I I have to make a correction on something that I said publicly. Okay. Uh, Here we go. On Friday, I was in Cleveland. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I got up onto the uh, commentator's table. Yep. I had a free mic. And I talked to the beautiful people of Cleveland. Saw it. They were very nice. There were signs. There were things. They were very nice to me. The internet enjoyed it. At the end, you know, I was told I had two minutes. They started wrapping me at 1.30. I mean, uh, I'm a fucking professional. Am I allowed to go or am I not? Come on. Okay, kind of rushed the end of that thing. I mean, you, you do what you got to do. I understand the first week there was there was a little bit of a miscommunication on the minute, minute-ish sure. thing mm, right. that I potentially had in my brain. They had at one minute exactly. The second time in Cleveland, they told me I had as much time as I wanted is what I was oh, told. Oh, there we go. Wow. Two minutes if I... 1.30 into that thing, I start getting a wrap-up. I'm like, all right, I got to bury Cole quick. I got to bum, bum, bum. But then I also have to get him around at the end. You know, mm-hmm. so that was all kind of mapped out. And I'm not 100% sure anybody knew that because nobody really asked me what I'm going to say, which I appreciate immensely. That freedom is awesome and riveting, but it's also like plausible deniability by everybody as well. So I, I think that is right. kind of like a give and take for both sides. At the end, I said one word wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, one word. So, I said Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. I meant a Super Bowl. Ah, uh, sure. You know, I mean, what's sure. the difference? No, I feel terrible. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, they cheered so loud. Oh, yeah, like, it was awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome. awesome. Because I do believe that that team's going to win a Super Bowl. Is it going to be this year with the way the Chiefs and the Bucks and everything's going on? I'm not 100% sure, but I love what they got going on. And I did bet on them to win the Super Bowl because the odds were fantastic and I like their team. I, when I said the Super Bowl, I implied this year. I meant a Super Bowl in the next couple years. Okay. I think they'd be okay with that. I, yeah, but it, I didn't have enough time to explain that. Yeah, and right. I kind of felt bad and I sat back down and I think we called a couple things and rolling loud at the time <laughs> yeah. and all I could think the entire time was I just lied to these people <laughs> the people of Cleveland were very nice to me I apologize a lot of people thought I was pandering I mean I guess with that particular statement with the word the definite it was supposed to be uh I apologize thank you to the great people of Cleveland for the incredible hospitality yeah, yeah. thank you Cleveland Cleveland Guardians name change we were actually at the ballpark across the street Drove right by it. Really? Oh, yeah. There was news outlets lined up right Ooh. in front of there. With, People picketing? Well, you know, fascinating story here because Cena came out early. He was the first person. He cut a promo. And I think he, he potentially thought the Guardian's name was going to be well-liked. Oh. So in his, you know, in his, he actually <laughs> said 
something he alluded to something about the name change and i don't know if they had my mic muted or not and i said this is not gonna go well <laughs> yeah. and i thought he was gonna bury the guardians and instead he said like they changed my middle name the guardian to protect or look over at wwe which was incredibly clever and incredibly awesome it was a good thing but it was mixed it was a mixed bag of response not i bad. don't think the name guardians is going to be beloved by everybody immediately but this is the same thing the washington football team is going to have to deal with for at least a couple years you win nobody gives a fuck exactly mm -hmm. that is kind of the way everything goes but it was fascinating to be in the city of Cleveland on the day the Guardians were born and just the reactions and everything like that. I think I had a much better read on how the crowd felt about the Guardians than others potentially, even like news outlets outside that were maybe upselling it or whatever. Sure. But when I said Michael Cole said Guardians was a good name, that got pretty good. Oh, yeah. Exactly. A lot of moves. And that was quite a... That it, said all that needed to be said. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say anything else. I just... But I was all... I was legitimately kind of like torn on whether or not they like the name because I had a couple people tweeting me after how we talked about it during the show that were like, oh, look at this guy. He doesn't even know anything about Cleveland going after us or whatever. He doesn't even know the bridge that has the Guardians on it to protect the stadium or whatever. And it's like, oh, so they like the name Guardians. And I was like, no. Nope. My sense is that there's no fucking way they like it. No Nothing way. in me believes that if people of Cleveland are like how I, that I think they are, Blue-collar, gritty town, just oh, yeah. like Pittsburgh, by That's the right. way. There's no way they like any change at all. No. Let alone the name Guardians, which with the, the four-seam double G yeah. fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no way they like it. Now, they might understand why, but it seemed to have come out of nowhere. So when I took that shot about... There was a lot that happened, what I'm saying, whenever they told me to wrap up. When I took that shot at Michael Cole, I was excited to hear... Like, how everybody's thoughts were, was I right or was I not right? I was. That felt good. Then whenever I said the Super Bowl and they went crazy, I was like, oh, I lied to them. Though. Uh, I don't, I don't no. think it's going to be this one. Sorry. But a Super Bowl. I, I love people, Cleveland. Great yeah. people. Great fan base. Guardians are going to be great. Oh, yeah. The Dog Pound is awesome. It does deserve to be celebrating. WWE Universe was loud on Friday. We appreciate that. How so was the city? Was it, like, covered in trash still with, like, loose license plates in the streets? Or was it kind of better almost? To be completely transparent. We couldn't have landed, went to the building, left the building, took off faster. <laughs> oh, really? Did yeah. not see. <laughs> Didn't hang around. Did Very not big. see much of the city. I, I've been there before, though. Yeah. We got a chance to roll by Jack's Casino. What a giving oh, place. Oh, man. Love that casino. What a giving place. And I wasn't the only one, by the way. There were a couple people that are WWE superstars that as soon as I landed, they said, hey, have you ever been to? And I was like, winning casino. They're, yeah, that's what we were going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. That okay. casino in Cleveland is a giving casino. I, I, there are some cities you go to, we've talked about it a lot. You go to Pittsburgh, you go to Rivers Casino, you are not going to win. No. You are actually just paying a percentage to the casino to bless you, the Pittsburgh gods, for a good weekend. <laughs> Bingo. That is literally, you're coming, you're donating to the city of Pittsburgh via Rivers Casino, you're saying thank you, probably had some food, couple drinks, couple, hey, 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 hey There always seems to be a good vibe in there. Nobody's smiling on the way out there when they're talking about their pocketbooks. <laughs> No, mm. never. That's just one of those. New Orleans, that city, that casino is a winning casino. Hell you yeah. go down there, you will win coming out of there. A lot of smiley faces. Superdome actually just signed a 20-year deal with Caesars, uh, I think Sportsbook, to become the official name of the uh, Superdome. So I believe it's going to be called the Caesars Superdome. Okay. Which mm. is incredible. But anyways, that casino down there, big money. You go into Cleveland, big money. Got to stop by Jack's Casino. We got a chance to drive by East 4th Street, I believe, is the one with the, yeah. the Christmas lights on it. 
beautiful there. Barrio's uh, tacos were available for us. Tasted absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Town Hall was the bar that I missed, I guess. It's like a, a bar and restaurant you need to go to. But what I'm saying is we drove past all of these things. Sure. And then we just left. We need to make it back to Cleveland. What a beautiful city. Yeah, it's a great city. But, I mean, you were, you had a time crunch. What are you going to do? Quite a time crunch. And I can't believe I had a birthday the next day. You had a birthday. Mm -hmm. I had to celebrate the next birthday. I had to celebrate the wife's birthday. Now, with that being said, anniversary this weekend. Let's see. Here we go. You know what I mean, can we stack back to back here? Yeah. Well, we're going to be tested. We're going to be tried. We will be judged. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. right. What have you done in the first half? Doesn't matter. This is very much like that pit game against West Virginia when I missed two <laughs> field goals in the first quarter. We had to lead at halftime. We end up losing full game. I'm the one blamed for what happened in the first quarter. That's potentially what we're staring down here with the anniversary. Okay. Everybody knows you're a second half player, though. I am. Always <laughs> have been, so by the way. I mean, I missed one in overtime against Colorado. It's the fucking worst day of my life here. Anyways, yeah, second half, though, normally whenever yeah. I wake up a little bit and I come in there. That's right. I'm not 100% sure, though, because I had a great first half <laughs> when I was there with his birthday. You did have a good first half. You know half. what I mean? But I, I'm realizing that forever now. You, the, you got the double trouble. I yep. mean, it, right before football season, too. Two games. Yeah. Let alone somebody else's potential uh, weddings going on and some other stuff that's happening. I mean, there is... I mean, and summer slams right around the corner. <laughs> I mean, we got to go. You know, we got to yeah. really go. And mm -hmm. I need to have a big weekend this weekend, which I will. But last weekend started with Cleveland. We appreciate you so much. Let's get back to Green Bay. Mm -hmm. At Boston Connor is here as well, wearing a Team USA long sleeve oh, hoodie. Yeah. We appreciate that. I support that as a lot. A lot of people came after me and said, why don't I just congratulate France, they said. What? What? Why? Don't, why? why? What? Excuse Some me? guy, I forget his name, tweeted me. Maybe at Silent Storm something. Hmm. He said, why can't you just commend France on a good win, have good sportsmanship or whatever? And I said, hey, listen, cool. All right. Oui, oui, bonjour, bon chance, congrats, whatever the hell it is. All right, way to go. But right now we're in it, okay? We lost to France, but we did not lose the entire world games. No. Just because we put out an outing that – is unbecoming of the American basketball squad. Yeah, Losing by 10. First loss in 25 games for the United States basketball squad that is now in the Olympics in the middle of Tokyo. And I, I watched the game, you know, on the, the playback. Sure. Yeah. Because I'm not up at, uh, by the way, the next game, Wednesday morning, 1245 a.m. Yeah, yeah That's exactly. most stuff. Okay. Peacock, the playbacks are clutch. Okay, so Peacock, I guess, is where everything's at. I didn't get a chance to see any handball yet. I guess that is on Peacock. Yep. I'll dive into there. I watched judo, okay? Ooh. I watched the the uh, Abe family. Oh, yeah. Uh, sister and brother out of Japan win back-to-back -back judo championships. I have no idea how anybody scores in judo. All right. It was 0-0, and it went into a golden score situation uh, for Sister Abe there of Japan. She went first. And they were on the ground a couple times. They were throwing each other around. No points were awarded. Then it went like three and a half, four minutes into golden score. And somehow she got a point. She won. She pinned her. The whole celebration thing happened. It was great. Then her brother comes out, and he's going against somebody, and he's just fucking throwing them. I don't know how they're getting points. I have no clue what's going on he wins didn't smile one time Ooh. he won it was just like yep this is what i fucking do then that rolled into a taekwondo Ooh. okay have you ever seen taekwondo i've never seen this before in my entire life we have an 18 year old girl uh zolovich zolitich zolovich zolitich zolitich yeah she's 18 years old i'm sorry uh 
Anastasia, I believe, yep. Zolotich. I apologize for saying her name wrong there. 18-year-old girl. We've never had an American women uh, woman win the gold medal in uh, Taekwondo. Zolotich goes over there. Long legs. Oh, yeah. Okay, long levers. And it, this is a sport where you literally stand... Uh, like next to each other to fight each other. There's a lot of this. And they just, they lit, they have pads on their shins and all this. And they literally, they just ha, 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 ha. And then they try to kick each other. It's, it's That's you know, incredible. Oh, it's awesome. And then all of a sudden, every once in a while, they get them off balance and they'll come in with a fist. Oh, yep. and boom, right to this padded, like they got like a, uh, like a bulletproof vest on yep. basically yeah. on their chest. And then they have a soccer goalie helmet on, like indoor soccer goalie helmet on. I don't know how to describe it. And that's a trunk shot, okay? I think it's only worth like one point or something like that. Then if you get a kick, huh, 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 to the head, I think that's two points or something like that. Damn. I think it's a two-point shot. That'd be more. And they even grab, like, in boxing, you know, when they both get, like, they, they kind they of grapple. This. Yeah, the Great Britain dude who uh, taekwondoed against the male Roshitov from Uzbekistan who won the gold medal. He was a 17 seed, by the way. We're talking fucking uh, VCU. Wow. Yeah. Seriously? We're talking all yeah, the way. All the way that won this thing. They would grapple, and this dude from Great Britain has this ability to lift his leg up, and he would just tap him in the back of the head, and they're like, oh, there's a headshot. So it's just like if your foot makes contact with the head or the trunk, it's points. If you add a little spinny, boom, bonus points. Style okay. points. Yeah, yeah. And Good. You, you can punch. It was fan. Anyway, Zolotich fucking kicks the shit yeah. out of people. Was there anyone bleeding or do these masks actually kind of help? Because if they're going at it like this, I feel like a lot of casualties out there. I, it didn't seem like they were doing face shots. It oh. just felt like it was strategic, strategic head placement. Get the points. It's like the fencing thing, like yeah. when that hits somehow, yep. it's like a point out of nowhere. So quick. Is there sensors on their feet? I wonder, and on their thing, probably in fencing. I know there is. Yeah, yeah. but in the taekwondo, oh. I'm not 100. I'm not sure about taekwondo, but I know, and I don't know how similar it is to karate. But I think it is like a face contact is illegal, so like they can kick him in the head. But I, you're right, I don't think they can like punch in the face or anything like that. Hey, Zolotich did not fuck around. I mean. <laughs> Locked in. That lady would lift her leg up, and then Zolotich would just lift her leg up higher. And it was just like, ah, So how do they block then? Are they blocking with their legs hands, too? Hands are blocking. Oh, okay. And then I think there's a lot of, like, movement and mm-hmm. leg block. There's a lot of leg jousting. Roshitov, who won out of Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. he had these shin guards on. And the other guy didn't. The other guy had, like, he was from Great Britain. They, they The commentators, <clears throat> okay, we, this is something we should dive into. <laughs> In all the sports, I think. Okay? We're good. Oh, yeah. Not great. you got to explain to me what the fuck's going on. Some of these comments... Now, all, not all. that I said all earlier. Not all the commentators are bad or whatever. But I think there's a lot of people that are commentating maybe for the first time. I'm not 100% sure. And I feel like they got to respect the sport that they're speaking for and act as if the people that are watching are normal watchers because they have to, in that community and put on for that community, I understand... I have no. I watched the gold medal thing for fifteen minutes. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And you would expect yeah. like the commentators maybe to explain, and they were breaking down like strategy and stuff, but they weren't actually explaining the sport itself. So there's two different ways to go about it. I think there's been a lot of lapses in commentators' educations of these sports that we have know nothing about. But they, I think they're just trying to 
call it as if it's a, how a regular program would go with it. I'm not 100 sure. But to your point, like I think that's a, a reason why people like watching gymnastics because they'll say the name and they'll be like, so that's two full twists with like you know, like they kind of explain what yeah. the people are actually doing. You're right. You go into some of these events like midway through, it's like, all right, what the fuck's the point here? What are they trying to do? I didn't know what sport I was watching when I put the tweet out. I said, I think a judo. <laughs> yeah, right. gold. I, I, they <laughs> wouldn't even say what the sport, and there was no great. The graphics were. I was on USA yes. Network. The graphics yeah. were a little like KMBC. Hey, I understand it's a difficult time, especially with COVID. They're probably only a certain amount of people allowed over there and everything like that. But I felt like some of the broadcasts have been very like this is the fucking the world Olympics. Games. Let's get sorry, there. sorry. This is the World Games, dude. Jesus. I actually told time before we get yeah. in there. Cannot say. Can't do it. It's have to say World, world games. games. Have to say World Games. But honestly, it's the World Games. What are we doing? I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been awesome so I far. I triathlon. That thing was absurd. Okay. They almost killed the, the, the triathletes oh, uh-huh. early. They literally set the, uh, yeah, go ahead, sound off of this <laughs> dock where they're all lined up while this boat, which had, I think it was a triple-powered engine, yeah. Yeah. three engines in the back. The, the greatest boat driving I've ever seen, because triathletes down here from Bosnia or wherever, mm-hmm. they're like, listen, they ran the thing. It's not my fault. Nobody. They jumped right in the way of the propellers of a boat. Oh, yeah. While it was there, like, yeah, fuck it, gold medal. I've been training my whole life for this. There isn't another one of these for how many years? Three more years? Give me a, I'll go. There wasn't even a thought. That boat guy or girl had to turn that thing sideways, back out, and then get around. While the entire half of the dock that wasn't in the way of the boat, they're about a mile out. <laughs> they're off. <laughs> they're like, no, you got to come on back. The triathlon start was electrifying. Oh, yeah. It was at... Then whenever they get them back, there the commentators are like, uh, to be clear, that was only about a minute of hard sprinting or whatever. This is no problem at all. They'll probably let them get back, grab a breath, and then they'll restart this whole thing. They'll give them a couple mo- moments to gather themselves. As soon as they got back on that dock, there was a couple people, I think, just crawling onto the yeah. dock or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, they give a sound up, boom, and then the commentator's like, all right, at any moment they can say, the race is starting now. So, like, I think the normal triathlon start is weird to begin with, let alone whenever a boat's already in there. So then they had them stand in their little number spots, and one of them was still trying to, like, collect gain, himself. Regain his composure Jesus a little bit. Christ. And then a thing goes, <laughs> yeah. and then they go to what seems to be cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is what triathlon seems to be. Tim McVie used to do triathlons. I don't think I fully understood what exactly he was doing. He was trying to kill himself. Yeah. And the guy that won sprinted through the finish line. Sprint. He ran a four-minute mile or four-forty mile after That's uh, swimming, biking, and then his run was like four-forty or something. I think he came in like fifteenth in Rio or something. And he said he was training. He was different. He came back. He was sprinting through the finish line. He was actually while running, going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> looking around <laughs> behind him. I'm killing everybody. <laughs> Be a real shame if he's on any. Uh, uh, he, he, he looked like a superhuman. This guy, look, he needs a little bit of Roman stuff, but he looked like a superhuman running through there. I watched so many sports, I enjoyed it. And I also went back and watched that basketball game, though. Oh, man. So, what we started this whole thing on. First loss in what, 25 games or yeah, something like yep. that? I think since 2004 in Olympic play. So, I went and watched the game yesterday. It was on playback, it was on NBC. I was watching, I was bouncing back between uh, CNBC, MSNBC, USA, and NBC. Just found out this morning from the boys, it's all on Peacock whenever, however you want it. Should have done that. Should have known that earlier as well. I watched him play against his France team. Mm-hmm. Obviously lead at halftime. Yep. All right. Playing well. They interview Steve Kerr. He's excited. 
hey, I'm excited about what's going on here. The guys are doing this. Unselfish, this, this, this is happening. And then the second half, it was a fucking ass beating. Crap shoot. Okay, Steve Kerr said, we went in there at halftime and told them just keep doing whatever they're doing. The French coach went in there and spoke French and said, hey, listen, we're changing everything we're doing, and we are going to run them out of the fucking building. Yeah. And that's what the French team did to the United States team. They were all, they, it feels like the French squad had seven, seven-foot-tall dudes, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know what baguette. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they're eating over there. They had massive, massive dudes, and they were bullying the United States team. And I think as I was watching it, I was watching for a lot of things. I'm like, all right, who's the leader of the American team? Because it was all very defined, right? Didn't Magic and MJ actually have a full game? Yeah. Oh yeah, yep. the the best game never seen. Like, mm-hmm. hey, who's running this thing? And then obviously it goes to LeBron. All right, Kobe. And, yeah. and Kobe, sorry. Then it goes to LeBron. Now it's supposed to be KD's team. But I don't think KD has ever been a guy where he's like, hey, I want to be the one guy. I think he's a guy that would rather sit back and say, like, hey, what these people are doing is fucked up. Let's go win this thing. I'm not sure. And by the way, there's nothing wrong. There's a lot of people that are like that in a lot of sports. But I was interested to see who's team because Dame's over there. Yep. And Dame's an absolute stud. Now they got Drew Holiday playing a little bit, fresh out of a championship. Devin Booker's over yeah, there, yep. fresh out of a loss. They got a lot of big-name players. I was, I was intrigued to see see who was going to be the leader that couldn't find one and then what i think was the most noticeable thing for me is that was like a gut check for players i think in the olympics like i think that style of play is like you got to be a fucking dude here now like the old school nba where they talk about it where they're like ah you would have got clothesline in the in in the paint or whatever there's no three second rule you got guys parking it in there there was this one pick uh, in, in role that somebody ran. I think it was either U.S. team or somebody else. But it would have been a technical in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the person that it was called on on the French squad was pissed that it was called. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was like, this is bullshit, basically. And I'm like, yo, this is a this is old school basketball over here. And I don't think the, hey, ISO, run around, nope. flop shit matters. The refs no. don't give a damn in nope. that game. We're going to learn a lot about our squad. We're going to learn a lot about our team. I still think they're going to be able to figure it out, but I think they got bullied there early and we can't have it simone biles obviously is a part of the all-around and she's an absolute superstar her points are worth more than everybody else because of the uh, level of difficulty <laughs> but she was not her best either no, no. a lot of a lot of stuff hey a off. let's let our best athletes go ahead and get the kinks out mm-hmm. all right they're sleeping on cardboard box bets that's yeah. a good point all right let's let them get comfortable <laughs> i'm excited to continue to follow the world games though as we all are great hoodie <laughs> now that the world's opening back up so many new thrills or on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Occup- er, population you dude hell yeah 
Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to getroman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now to talk about the NFL, our world, from ESPN, the voice of ESPN at this point, mm -hmm. football guy, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah! Oh, you're so cool. Wow. wow. What's up, guy? Are you at a beach? You might be one of the coolest dudes of all time. Are you at a beach right now? Backwards hat, little hair in there, tiny head, though. Those are a lot of... <laughs> I'm, at like a, I'm at like a little bit of a redneck Riviera, to be honest with you. Like Myrtle. I'm at a quarry. I'll show you a picture. I'm at a quarry that like they made into like an outdoor blow up water fest. Look at this joint. So taking a little break, but Ooh, oh, wow. hey, I think I can see the Delta strain from here. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <where> <laughs> so strong. Uh, where are you? Uh, thank you for joining us. I apologize for interrupting that amazing day you have with your family. Nah, it's a good break, bud. It's a good break. <laughs> I, I assume wrangling 10 kids at a water park and a lake is much like wrangling cats. I appreciate you, Dan. Let's dive into it, okay? The Green Bay Packers shareholders meeting just started like 28 minutes ago. We saw their P&L was released, which we will dive into. Interestingly laid out by Tom Pelissero, stating that they lost money, but they ended up with like $100 million more cash. So, huh, uh, huh. Ha, yeah. ha, yeah. Dan, 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 by the way, you and me as NFL players who've gone through a couple CBAs know how big of a deal that thing that just got released huge. on the internet is. It's huge, huge yeah. deal. But the Aaron Rodgers situation, Devontae Adams situation, the last dance photo, what do you think this means? Are they playing one more year? You tweeted this morning, if you were the Packers, you'd announce we're trading Aaron and we're going to go ahead and move on with Jordan Love. Is that where you're at in this whole thing? Is that the only way this thing gets settled, do you think? Yeah, I've been like that since the day this news broke. I think Aaron is a guy that doesn't say or let anything that gets said about him, certainly by powerful people, just because. And I think the reality, dude, is like the Packers want their cake and to eat it too. Like they want, okay, we, we, we want to take the quarterback so he's the young and up-and-comer and we'll groom him and we can sit him as long as we want to, but let's also keep the MVP. And it's like the reality is that just doesn't happen, that you, you cannot have both sides of that. And I do not believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to allow what has happened over the last three or four months transpire and get said about him. And then three weeks or four weeks from now, I'll be like, you know what, guys, I'm going to show up. I'll Sure, I'll play just because you didn't give me what I wanted. And I just think the Packers need to come out and say, you know what, we got the best fans in the world. And they uh, have been loyal forever. We've had 30 years. Think about that, dude. They've had 30 years of great quarterback play. 30 years and I think they just got to come to a point and be like we're the Green Bay Packers Aaron doesn't want to be a part of us anymore 
And for that, we're going to move on with Jordan Love. Okay. As you were talking there, I was reading and scrolling and getting tweets from Tom Pelissero, updates from the shareholders meeting in right. Green Bay. Tom Pelissero, the arrow says, Mark Murphy starts by praising Brian Guntekunz and saying he's mm. the right person to lead the football program going forward. One guy from the crowd yells, I've never seen him throw a touchdown. Wow. Oh, yes. Yes. Hey, yes. Yes. hostile. Mostly, I love it. Mostly cheers as Guntekunz takes the mic, says Tom Pelissero. We have to remember this is coming from Tom Pelissero. Guntekunz mentions no team had more Pro Bowl players, said culture and foundation is strong, mentions Aaron Rodgers continuing his Hall of Fame career and winning another NFL MVP. Biggest cheer of the day, says Tom Pelissero. So Guntekunz yeah. and Mark Murphy are not on the same page as you or a lot of us thinking that this is going to end ugly. They seem to think he's going to stay. He posts that last dance photo with Devontae Adams. One more year. What do you think the year would be like if that was what to was happened? I still don't. As of last week, I don't believe either way that this is a championship football team, man. I don't. I think they're good. Their roster is very strong. But I don't think because of the distractions that this offseason has brought, I don't think they're championship anymore. Because, Pat, I look, you know what it's like, man, to be oh, yeah. in that locker room and to how hard it is. If anybody knows how hard it is to win a game in the NFL, I do. If anybody <laughs> knows how hard it is, it's me, bud. Very so, tough. Like, <laughs> very you know, tough. And I look at the NFC, I go, okay, Tampa, what have they done all offseason? Focused on football. Seattle, what have they done really for the great majority of the offseason after the Russell stuff went away? Focus on football. The Rams, focus on football. The 49ers, focus on football. Like Washington, all they've done is focus on football, and Green Bay hasn't. And I don't see, Uh even if Aaron comes back, that this is a championship football team anymore. They got a championship roster, but I don't think this is a championship team anymore because I can't see – how you get the leader of your organization, the face of your franchise, and you tell them this is your last time playing for us. I just don't see how that goes well in the midst of an adverse season. To your point, I think camaraderie is the biggest X factor that is never talked about on whether or not a team is going to be good or not, right? I mean, I've said that a lot. You've said that a lot, mostly because we've been in locker rooms and have understood, like, hey, when the team likes each other and likes what's going on, they're going to play harder, better. They're not going to miss reps. They're not going to do anything. They're going to buy in completely, even if it's a bad play call, by the way. A team that is tighter is going to buy into it more than a team that is potentially not. Now, is Aaron in that locker room and coaches and players still? tight maybe we'll see and is Aaron talented enough to lead them in that talented roster to a lot of wins probably but winning a championship is very difficult and there's a lot that goes into that I think to your point when the Phoenix Suns went up 2-0 in uh and they were walking back to the locker room after they went up 2-0 and they were a team that was very tight but I saw a team that was just like very they were all walking isolated some people were frowning I was like that doesn't seem like a team that is really loving what they're doing. You know what I mean? Now, I I don't know shit about the NBA, so I didn't say anything, but then when Giannis comes back and that team is together and, hey, we did it for each other, it's just the team thing is real, and I hope it's not ruined. Now, speaking of team things, No, Celsius got me. Celsius got me. I had it down here. That's on me. But Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a little uh, carbonated drink sitting right here, and then it did a thing and then a thing while I was doing the thing. Yeah. There's probably a couple kids doing that over there by that lake that you're by. Some of my kids are alive. Look at these zip liners. People are just flying on this zip line. Stay alive, kids. Oh, shit. Was that a human that just flew by right there? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Where are you guys in America? Is that America? Yeah, we're in a, a little town called Portland, Connecticut, which is in, near the middle of the state. Dude, I'm telling you, it's just a giant quarry that they made into like a summer kind of blow up lake spot. It's pretty dope. Yeah, it looks awesome. You just gave it away. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's probably gonna get. Uh, I should. I should get my money refunded. To be yeah, honest, with you, I agree. Good marketing. Promo. Yeah, you did a good promo there, actually. Thank um, you. Thank if, you. There are teams interested in Deshaun Watson. Have you heard this now? There's, yeah. there's been some updates that I've read. I forget where I got it from. Billy sent the article in. Lisa Friel of the NFL did an investigation into Deshaun Watson's 22 accusations or whatever. Actually had interviews with some of the people alleging that Deshaun Watson did something absolutely terrible to them. Lisa Friel then went back to the NFL. They did not put him on the commissioner's exemption list. They did not suspend him. So a lot of people are alluding in the writing that I read. Now, I am not mm -hmm. saying this. I'm just saying others are saying that what Lisa Friel found is something much different than maybe the rest of the world knows. We have no idea. There's yeah. still very serious allegations against Deshaun Watson right now. Teams are allegedly still interested in trading for him. Do you see that happening? His coach, uh, Quincy Avery, told Adam Schefter, I guess, on his podcast, he's 100% sure the Houston Texans are going to trade Deshaun. What are your thoughts on that situation? And if you're a team, aren't you waiting to see what the hell Lisa Friel found out before you make any moves out here? Yeah, my feelings on Deshaun have been the same since day one, that he will get traded. Um, whatever happens with the legal stuff, obviously, I hope that the right thing happens, whatever the, the, the right situation is. But I think that there's two parts. I, I believe that the Houston Texans, both um, because of what has at least been alleged against him and his desire to get out, do want to go, we're going to start over again. we got to recoup picks. We, we have to rebuild this roster, and they believe that that is the best way, given what is alleged against him. If I'm a team, I'm tapped into it almost every single day. Like, I, I am tapped into the information. Whoever's got the inside information, I'm tapped into trying to figure out what is going to happen legally and then what, if anything, is going to happen from him or to him from the league. Because if I can – and this, this is just the reality. Like, if I can use that information – and get Deshaun Watson out of Houston onto my team for a lesser value than might have been seven, eight, nine months ago, however when this started, that's huge for me. I do think, I do think that when, uh, when if the things that are alleged against him come out and he and, and come out that he's innocent of them, that there are going to be tons of teams that are going to go and offer up multiple first-round picks for Deshaun Watson because he is a top five player at that spot in the league. And if the, if the information that they get says he's innocent and then the people close to him vouch for his character, which I know I've talked to people who have known Deshaun forever, they rave about his character, whether that matters or not. But if those two things checked out, I think teams are going to say he's too good to pass up. It's just until you find out about that, though, how can you give up anything? How can you give up the future of your organization with just how serious those allegations are unless you right. know something, right? Unless you know something, and that might be from the Lisa NFL. Yeah. That, that well, might and that's why I'm, I think you're tapping into it every day. I mean, you know, you, like every organization has got people that are oh, working yeah. in the, I, I guess I'll call it the, the private investigation specter, right? Or yeah, whatever, yeah. like that area that people are <laughs> constantly finding out information about these people, that people, um, all those things. Like, I'm sure these organizations are going to find out 
all the information that they can before they make a move. Insane. We're just a couple of days away. He did report to camp, and he said it wasn't awkward, but he still doesn't wish to play, and he's not on the exemption list. I mean, it, it, it is. That's an insane situation that we're just going to have to watch unfold very publicly, I guess. I hope everything ends up all right. Go ahead, Ty. Dan, if you don't think Aaron's going to play in Green Bay this year, where do you see him ending up? Because haven't the Packers kind of, like, kneecapped themselves? I mean, if he, if he ends up getting traded to either Denver you know yeah. one of those places where he uh requested like he immediately makes them a super bowl contender so the draft compensation isn't the same uh like so do you think he'll retire do you think they'll actually trade yeah. him before the season starts or how do you where do you see him if he's not in green bay i would be shocked if he retires i'd be shocked if he played 17 games for the green bay packers um i think that there's a zero percent chance he goes to an nfc team like if you're the packers that would be the last thing that i'm doing the two teams that i could see him going to because you have to go then 16 teams in the AFC. Okay, which one of those teams does not have a proven dude or a young player that they're like really, really, really sold on? Denver's one. And then Miami, I would throw into the conversation. I'm a big Tua guy. I think Tua's going to be really good. But I do think that you're Miami going, okay, we got a good up-and-coming offensive line, some really good young skill position players, a great defense. Man, do we take these two first-round picks that we have over next year and send them – to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers and maybe another player, and all of a sudden we're Super Bowl contenders. So that's a team that I think, and then obviously Denver, Denver's a playoff team without Aaron. Like they're a fringe playoff team. If Teddy Bridgewater's their starter and he plays Teddy Bridgewater kind of ball, they're a fringe playoff team. With Aaron, they're an absolute bona fide Super Bowl contender. I would say this if Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos, the people that are most disturbed about it are the Kansas City Chiefs. Because then they go, Man, we just got a we just got a big time contender in our division. Um, and the thing that I would say for the Packers, which is confusing to me a little bit, is like they are set up perfectly to have a rookie quarterback come in and play or a young quarterback come in and play. Like that's we say young quarterbacks are ruined because they have to go play with bad coaching and bad rosters. That's not the case in Green Bay. So that's another part of like, why are they so hung up on this? Very valid point there at the end about Jordan Love's potential. And somebody said that Jordan Love looked unbelievable at a workout. I think it was down at Mulligata's yeah. workout um, where it was Jordan, Justin, and Deshaun working right. out. And they said that Jordan looked unbelievable or something. Like, once again, Jordan, this is not Jordan Love's fault. No. Okay, right. none of this is Jordan Love's fault. I think we've tried to be very fair about that from the beginning, even though we are massive Aaron Rodgers fans here. So I, I hope he has a great career i just don't know when it begins i have no especially with what he just said there mark or Kuntakun said yeah. he'll continue to have his hall of fame career here and another mvp i don't know if they're going to trade him i who knows i'm just not 100 sure let's talk about that division though if he was to go to the broncos and you said the chiefs now have a bona fide contender in their division when it looks like they're going to have a good 10 years did you just get men in blacked <laughs> I don't know. Is, is there someone zapping? Well, um, your, your whole screen just—your whole screen just went white or whatever. I right? uh, hope you're okay. It's probably, the, it's probably like the sewage in the water that I'm jumping on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the new iPhone can actually go down to 12 meters deep. I oh wow! So you can take yeah. that into your sewage if you. I don't trust it. Let's go. I don't trust it. Well, I, pay, I paid enough for it, so I'm going to trust it. I'm going to, I'm going to assume it did. It was super expensive. Not much has changed. But Justin Herbert, Drew Brees said that he's got forearms like a guy that's been digging fence yeah. post holes. Mm-hmm. Biggest Texas compliment I think I've ever heard. Are the Chargers a team nobody's talking about that could go on a run, you think? 
Uh, no, they're super talented. I mean, two years ago, they were a 12-4 and football team before Phillip went to Indy, you know, and then they go on the road to New England in the playoffs, and, and New England was a good beat. But I think there's two things that I look at for the Chargers that are – and the one word is cohesion, um, and it's two different parts. One, the offensive line needs to come together and have cohesion. Like, the, they drafted Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald would rave about how great of a player he is. I'm not an offensive line expert. You know, I've got four arms like a 12-year-old. Um, but, you know, he's going to be hopefully a really good player. They spring Corey Lindsley over from Aaron Rodgers' squad. So it's like, how quickly does that cohesive aspect of the offensive line come into play? Because Herbert was great last year. The offensive line stunk. That's hard to do two years in a row. And the quarterback's like, while they're talented, they got to come together. And then the cohesion between him and the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. And I've got a little insight into this one because I was with the Lions when they brought Joe Lombardi over from the Saints. He came from quarterback coach and he became offensive coordinator with the Lions, Matthew Stafford. And I would say they never got to that point, offensive coordinator, play caller, and quarterback-wise of cohesion. Good coach, really smart, good teacher, understood stuff. Matthew's a really good player, but they never saw ball the same way. Like, they never... They never saw situations the same way, plays the same way. You know, and you got to make that play call. You got six seconds to get that play call right. And until you get to the point of really being on the same page and understanding it and anticipating the calls and why he's making this call, you know, that's a great quarterbacks. They know why the coach is making the call. Oh, he's calling it because of this and he wants me to see this. But if I don't see this, I'll do this with the ball because he'll come back to it type of stuff. And that takes time. And this is his second time or opportunity to go be a play call or OC. And I just know that while he's a really good coach, it didn't happen the first time with a really good quarterback. It just didn't happen. And I remember having conversations with Coach Caldwell and just candidly being like, Coach, it's not happening, man. Like, they, they just don't see it the same way. And um, that's got to be a big part for both of those guys this year, for the Chargers to really become – a, a team that can win that division or contend for that division. See, that's a big deal. And I think Aaron talked about that in the offseason. Him and LaFleur sat down on a bunch of Zooms yep. and they were like, hey, we got to start going through this thing yeah. together. And I'm not, I'm, I don't know how the conversation went. I assume a lot of it was LaFleur saying what he likes and then Aaron going, I like that as well. But if you do this, well, th that type of respect I've is huge, right? Yeah, I'll give you two perfect examples. I remember one was being with Peyton, and Peyton used to have this play that he would call, it was labeled Florida, right? And it yeah, was yeah. very much like a progression-based play. You probably know. It probably didn't get any reps at it, thankfully, for the team. But right, it was really like one, two, three to four. And I remember Peyton talking about the play all the time and being like, guys, you just make him take away one, take away one, take away one. And he used to always say that he liked having that number one option, the flat route as a tight end right away. Like he was like – when we call it, I want it out of two by two, and I want it with the tight end right now because it's like I can throw it to him for three yards and force that guy to make a tackle. And if he does, great, we got four or five yards. And if he doesn't, I've got twelve yards. You know, and it Dallas. it was something that stood out mm -hmm. to me that he just knew he wanted. Yep, that quick little flat route. He wanted it out of two by two. And another example, and like coaches had to learn that. Like Clyde Christensen had to learn that. Like he had to learn like, okay, when when I need a good play, let's go to this. Let's go to this, and then. Matthew, you guys know four verticals, right? There's four verticals down the field. Well, Joe Lombardi came from the Saints where Drew loves it out of three by one. Trips to one side, single receiver back to the other side. We've seen him throw down the middle of the field to tight ends all the time, right? Well, Matthew likes it out of two by two. He likes two receivers to one side, two to another side because he can just do whatever he wants with the ball. Well, Joe would just constantly call it out of three by one because that's what he watched Drew do for so long so well. And he's like, wait, I've seen this play work so well so many times. And it's like, 
but the quarterback doesn't see it that way, you know? Like, he likes it out of something else, and that was just a hurdle that it couldn't jump over, and he's going to have to learn that about Justin. By the way, those are the camaraderie, trusting, understanding each yeah. other type stuff that we talked to earlier. We have to get to a break on Sirius. The conversation with Dan Orlovsky continues at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Sirius, we'll see you in about four minutes. We will recap everything dumb that Dan said in the next four minutes then. Okay, we're on a break. All right, perfect. Here we are. Um, uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Dan, uh, there's a report about the Patriots possibly playing both Cam Newton and Mac Jones week one and in multiple games during the season. Do you see any way that happens or works? I mean, if it was going to work, it would work at a place like New England where egos don't matter and roles are important. Um, I have been adamant that I think week, uh, week one, Mac Jones will be their starter. I think he's their right decision. But the aspect of Cam, especially situational stuff, like the reality is this. Football is in a place where if you're not doing certain things, you're hindering your football team. Mm. Utilizing space is a big deal. If you're not doing that, you're hurting your football team. Pre and at the snap motion. If you're not doing that, you're hurting your football team. And some form, specifically in like situational stuff, utilizing 11 on 11 football quarterback runs so hey why is that gonna... why is that you think just because the rules the way rules are or because the type of players that there are now in the world yeah i mean number one rules yeah space is a big deal well intelligence you know coaches are much more aware of the spatial you know there's 53 and a third yards on every single play i don't know where they're going to end up post snap but they're there so your job is to try to create that space and then attack that space and you teach your players the best way to do it, but then they got to go play ball. Um, so the intelligence, yes, the rules, the the lack of hitting across the middle of the field, um, the, the the RPO game, the run pass option game has been a big growth and development aspect of that. Um, the athleticism of the perimeter players and the quarterbacks, and so eleven on eleven football is another part of that because we've just watched it be so successful, and you've watched it strain defenses on a consistent basis, good defenses, and while it threatens your quarterback's health, it does if you are situational with it. So, like, I can see the Patriots doing something where, let's say they want to play Mac Jones, right? He's their starting quarterback. Great, Mac, you're the starting quarterback. But on third and two or three situations, Cam Newton comes in, and one, he's got an important role on your football team. Two, he's still plenty capable as a passer. Three, now you have basically two playbooks that you can go to. And you're playing on 11 on 11 football where <laughs> you can utilize the quarterback run. It helps your offensive line. It helps the they're receivers. It helps the there. tailbacks, especially third and shorts and in the red zone. Dan, they're it's, both going to be important. out there. They're both going to be out there in the back, aren't they? That's going to be a split backfield. I, I Absolutely. Because here's the thing. like, And I did this with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts last year. That's right. Just imagine. Like, just imagine they're both on the field at the same time, right? Oh, Matt Jones catches the snap hands it off on a lateral handoff going sideline to sideline to Cam Newton, but then they also have receivers on the front side running routes. Now you've created like 17 options for a defense. Okay, cool. Is Cam going to run? Is he going to throw? This motherfucker. Like, it, there's just a lot of options you could do with. All right, Dan, we got to get back on serious. You crushed it for us today here, man. You absolutely should be calling us from a garbage dump every single week. <laughs> Dude, it's just a redneck, Revere. Sometimes you got to keep your kids humble, Pat. Hopefully... Hopefully you learned something about that, bub. Yeah, you know nothing about redneck or humble, <laughs> but I appreciate you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, right, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, it's almost Eastern Standard Time, which means it's almost football season, yeah. which means there's a lot of shit to know the ins and outs about. 
alongside AJ Hawk, myself, and the Hammer Down Boys, joining us with a man who's breaking all types of news with his sources closest to the biggest news there is, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Hey, Raps, you look fantastic. You're in your suit. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things to talk about as training camp, vaccinations, fines, and all that shit happens. Let's talk about one thing in particular first, then we'll move into all that. Who are your sources close to Aaron Rodgers that say, hey, this is going to happen, that's going to happen? Are you texting with A.J. Hawk? Uh, no, I don't think I have A.J.'s number. Oh. Mm. So Jack, hang on. Oh, Hang on. DMs, maybe. It's not AJ. I do have I AJ's number. Oh. I, no, I do. Oh. I don't know why. Weird. We've never texted, but I do, as a matter of fact, have his number. It's... You're sitting on No, I'm not, I'm not going to say it. No, yeah, you can say it for sure. But those sources that you hear close to Aaron Rodgers that are saying things. And as I read that tweet, it's hard for me to take it serious because we have A.J. Hawk on the show every single day, and he said he doesn't really know anything. So unless he is the greatest thespian of all time, has this answer kind of come about uh, recently? And how good do you feel about everything that's going to take place in the tweet that you said about Aaron going back? Yeah, I would say, you know, this really came up in probably the last 24 hours. Uh, And there's a couple factors at play here. Now, first of all, uh, I know that there are people close to Aaron Rodgers who have not heard this. I've also spoken to them as well. Seems like I'm speaking to one now with AJ, too. He's Uh, on vacation, too. He's on vacation, too. So, yeah. He doesn't look like he looks the same as always. Great job, AJ. Maybe AJ. Yep. Don't I need. Um, (laughs) David Bakhtiari, who's close with Aaron, just uh, made a joke on Twitter about, oh, I guess we aren't close. So. Uh, apparently he has not heard as well, but I will say this. I feel very comfortable with my information. Um, I feel uh, very comfortable with the plan for Rodgers to come back and play for Green Bay this year. I will say I do not know for sure that he's going to be there tomorrow. I do know that his agent Dave Dunn and the Packers have had, uh, I would say, consistent discussions over the course of the past several days to do something that would bring Rodgers back to the team and make him happy. Um, and Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, indicated as much during the Packers shareholder meeting just a couple minutes ago, uh, basically saying that he is hopeful uh, for a positive resolution. So it does seem like things are beginning to thaw there. What does that look like, do you think? I know we had Andrew Brandt, and he mentioned something about he and Devontae coming back one more year. They do a void thing, and then he can take off, or Aaron can. Is that what, does it structure something like that if he does come back? Yeah, I think that's one really intriguing option, sort of the Tom Brady option, right? I mean, and, you know, it's been mentioned a couple of times, and I know you guys have talked about it, that it's not really about the money for Rodgers. So if we accept that, and I do believe that is the case, then what is it about? Uh, You know, it's the lack of trust in the organization. It's wanting to be involved in at least have some sort of uh, play in personnel decisions. But is it also being able to decide where he finishes his career? I mean, if he does not think that the Packers want him to finish his career there, is there some compromise they can get to, like Tom Brady got to with the Patriots, where he finishes his career elsewhere? I mean, there's a couple different options. And, you know, Michael Silver, my colleague at NFL Network, brought up one where he could cut off the last couple of years of the Rodgers deal, agree not to franchise him, give him a bump this year, and let him go play somewhere else because of what he's done. I mean, there are ways to do it. 
and also with the last dance post potentially leading to a right. yeah one last run thing. There's a lot leading into maybe a one more year type situation for Aaron Devonte Adams, and maybe these NFC Championship runs that we've been on. If Jordan Love isn't the stud that everybody is saying that he is behind closed doors, we're talking to Ian Rappaport. Let's move on to some other subjects happening around the NFL. Fourteen thousand dollars is the fine amount that Bruce Arians will find a player who is not vaccinated who he has to remind what the protocols are. This is getting very serious. Obviously, Bruce Arians and the Steelers and Buccaneers are saying that wristbands will be different colors. I assume that's going to happen for the entire NFL. This is like a nightclub. Hey, this person's allowed in a VIP. This person's not allowed in a VIP. This person's allowed to do this shit. This person's not allowed to do this stuff. HIPAA's not going to be thrilled about any of this. Neither are the players that don't want the vaccination. But what are you hearing about a resolution for this entire thing? Is that going to get wrapped up? And we're not going to hear much more about this going forward? Or do you think this is going to continue to build into something? Good thing to know about HIPAA. It actually doesn't bar any of that. HIPAA only relates to doctors not disclosing information. So like Mm. people like Dak Prescott, who I love, say he's not allowed to disclose his own vaccinations as he actually is. Um, Most people sort of misrepresent HIPAA. It really just applies to doctors. Um, (laughs) The fine amount for Bruce Arians... Uh, that is actually in the NFL, NFLPA rules. So that is the fine amount now if an unvaccinated player has a infraction, like uh, what okay. would be an infraction? Not wearing a mask in the building, going to see relatives on the road, going somewhere besides home and missing a test during uh, bye week, like those sorts of things. The fines are steep, um, and I think they should be because, you know, the goal is the goal is to keep everyone safe during the season, and if you're not – vaccinated then the rules are are pretty intense the goal is to not miss any games and lose any more money i mean we saw how much green Bay. now listen i understand safety ian as an nfl.com employee and nfl right. network looking out the shield is awesome but also there isn't you getting breaking news there something happened whoa, whoa. I don't know. Let me read this first. Yeah, take okay, the time. But the overarching reason why we all know this is going to happen is because there was Wednesday afternoon football last year. No, that's right. And there, no breaking news? Sorry, not breaking news, no. Okay, so one last thing from me, and then I think the boys and AJ have another question. Last, you've been very, very, you know, almost upfront about Deshaun Watson potentially playing and getting traded this year. We have asked you numerous times, like, how the hell is that even possible? Now I read, and I forget where it was, where the article was, Lisa Friel of the NFL did an investigation into this situation, even interviewing some of the accusers of Deshaun Watson. Very serious allegations. Lisa Friel of the NFL allegedly did an investigation. That ended with no suspension, no commissioner's exemption list. Is that the reason why you feel like teams are still interested in trading for something that could potentially be devastating if any of these are real and any of these become guilty verdicts that's he's done it's over like and that's how the nfl should view it is it because of that investigation and is lisa frio uh telling people like it's maybe not what it seems is that what's happening behind closed doors and how Um, is this going the investigation is not over so that is ongoing now he has not put put on the commissioner's exemplist for training camp nor would he because the commissioner's exempt list applies to games. Hmm. So if it's unresolved by the time you get to the start of the season, I guess it is conceivable that he gets put on that if he still faces criminal charges. I haven't heard that he will, but I, I guess it's conceivable. A suspension is also possible. And I think for the teams who would trade for him, and there certainly are teams who'd be willing to trade for him now, um, and the fact that the Texans are willing to listen 
this could make for a very interesting couple of days and couple of weeks. Um, the teams who would trade from know that a suspension is possible. Um, how much, I don't know, but a suspension is possible. However, if you trade for Deshaun Watson, and again, there are teams who'd be willing to do it now, uh, you'd be trading from for the next 12 years. It's not a one-year thing. It is a 12-year thing. So a franchise quarterback in his prime, you know, that would be the kind of thing um, that would be worth, to me, if he misses a couple of games this year and you're comfortable with the rest of it, worth doing it for the long term. Now, these teams that are interested that you said would trade for him now, it's going to be, what, five first round? There was mixed reports coming out that it was three first rounders and there was a, a mixture of picks and players to five and yeah. four. And these teams that are doing this are selling the future of their franchise without any insight on what's going to happen behind the scenes? Or do they have their own research happening? And are, are all the teams that we thought were potentially in the mix at the beginning still in the mix? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the teams The teams we all thought. But they are doing their own investigation. All the teams are. Um, you, again, you have to be very comfortable with this. You have to be willing to mortgage a lot for something that is an unknown. He is an incredible talent. And just football-wise, it's worth it. Uh, the price. So my understanding, and colleague Tom Pelissero mentioned this as well, at least three number ones. I don't know about the five high picks. I haven't heard it quite like that. But at least three number ones plus more. And if we're talking franchise quarterback – that's what it would be. I mean, if we're talking, you know, Russell Wilson, we were talking about that early in the offseason, that's the price. Uh, if Rodgers had gotten traded, you know, we'd be talking probably three number ones as well. I mean, it's a lot, but to me, if I was running a franchise, I would pay literally anything to get a quarterback like that in his prime, assuming I was comfortable with all parts of it. Ian, has anything happened over the last, like, week or two or months that made some of these teams that are interested make them feel more comfortable trying to bring Deshaun Watson in? Um, no, I think there have been teams that have been interested really throughout. It's really just now the Texans saying, like, okay, I guess internally I guess we can consider this. Um, Watson was in, you know, Watson was in yesterday, uh, reiterated his trade request, uh, didn't meet, meet with some uh, members of the team brass, and it didn't sound like they were able to persuade him or even attempt to persuade him. So I think that was probably the thing. Once he got in, started the process of coming into training camp, met with some people, like, all right, let's just – let's at least consider this. Uh, but, no, I do think teams have been interested kind of throughout. Go ahead, Diggs. He just answered my question. It was why now are the Texans open to training? Yeah, and he did show up to training camp, and they said it was awkward, but they're doing their thing. The allegations are so serious, it's insane to me. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rap Sheet. Frank Reich uh, ended up testing positive for COVID-19 today. Does that change anything with his rules going forward because he already had COVID, or is that still another guy that would have to get the vaccine even though he just got it? He has the vaccine. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so Frank Reich is fully vaccinated and positive and asymptomatic, which, you know, in his statement, he actually says this is why the vaccines work, because he has it but has not feeling anything. So he's quarantined until he kind of gets through that. Like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be so some said, people that are very angry with what Frank Reich said. I mean, the mentions are already, you know, not for the faint of heart. Um, but mention anything about COVID on the Twitters, and that's generally oh. what happens. You're not a doctor. Shut the fuck up, Ian. I mean, there is just, I've, I've said it, you know, like, hey, man, whatever floats your boat. This is just, you know, this whole thing. Man, it is a very, very, very hot topic. And then now you said that the NFL 
protocol is a $14,000 fine for non-vaccinated players. Mm-hmm. That's not just Bruce Arians. So that means right. and a meeting then somebody had to fucking fine them. <laughs> somebody had to say that just like fine them. They're going to I think it's going to get to the point where the players who are against getting this particular vaccine, they're going to end up getting it. And it's going to be very I think this is going to get very quiet. I mean, if it's a $14,000 fine for a potential mask off and if they're and still the rules are so different for unvaccinated 140 so tests, different. 140 tests versus 14 tests. 14 crazy. I just yeah. think it's going to get to a point where agree. guys are either going to get run down with it or just kind of go about it. And by the way, people aren't going to like that either. But nobody's ever happy with anything except for us whenever Ian Rapport joins us. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the canceled show Rap Sheet and Friends from NFL.com and NFL Network. In Rapport. Thank you. From the attic in Ohio, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. What up, dude? What's happening? What the? How's the attic look? What is? I appreciate the effort that you went to make it look like you're in the same room you're normally in, but it is very evident you are in a ratchet version. Where are you? Well, I, well, come on! Now you now you're taking it all away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't trying to fool anybody, no. But I told you I'd be on the road this week, and uh, I found a little small background that's very similar to what I have at home. Hey, it's very similar to the yeah. one you have at home. Thank you for your effort. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, let's get right into it here. I don't know where you are. You've probably been traveling with the family or whatever to get there. Uh, but you're more dialed in on the internet than any of us, basically. And you also happen to be a person that is potentially being talked about in a recent Ian Rappaport tweet. Ian Rappaport says that Aaron Rodgers has indicated to those that are close to him, to people close to him, that he does plan to play for Green Bay this season. Sources say that is the expectation. Many factors at play. But with Gunther Kunz saying he is hopeful for a positive outcome there is a glimmer of optimism so that would have to be you i think right people yep. close wow. to him there's not a lot of other folks that have been at the kentucky derby uh-huh. uh, out there at lake tahoe mm-hmm. uh also the reason why uh we have any relationship with him at all so this would have to be you that he would be indicating here but you have said all along that you see this working out and him playing uh with the last dance posts with he and Devontae Adams basically saying it seems like it's going to be one last year. What are your thoughts on all this and how do you feel about the shareholders meeting that's happening and what's going to happen with Aaron here? Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly who Ian is uh, referencing, I guess, when it comes to people close, but uh, I haven't had really much communication with Aaron. I have no idea. I know camp starts tomorrow, right? So uh, is that are all eyes on like Plane, what is it? The plane tracker apps and all that to see if he's uh, if he's in Green Bay or he's in California. Do we know? I just texted Ian Rapport and said, "Can we call you right now?" Yes. Okay. And we go. If, if he answers yes, we will call him immediately and say, "Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to?" I, I, we want to know that. But yeah, I, I think there will be plane trackers. There'll be people in the Green Bay FBO that'll be looking. There'll be people in whatever FBO he's flying out of, which is a uh, private airport, by the way. That's what that means. Whatever he's FBO he's flying. Flying out of out of wherever the hell he is right now, we'll be tracking him. Every move you make, whenever you fly, can be seen by either creeps that want to stalk you and prey on your kindness as soon as you land and ask you to sign seventy five things so they can pay for whatever for every fifty cents you give them with an autograph, or maybe by journalists or media people that are speculating whether or not the. MVP of the NFL is going to return to the Green Bay Packers. AJ. 
Gunther Kuntz and Murphy spoke today at the shareholders meeting. I would like to talk about the P&L with you, but we'll wait for Andrew Brandt to get on because I'd like to know why they're painting some words and factors in the way that they are on the shareholders meeting. Is this what happens every year at this thing? Is this, is, is, do I not follow this close enough? Does this happen every single year where all the shareholders are invited? They get an entire spread of how the money was made and where it was made, and then also a state of the franchise is given. Is this every year, AJ? Yeah, they, they do it every year. That's I mean, Ty could have technically gone, right? And yeah, I, I think isn't this how the rest of the NFL don't they look at the Packers financials because they're the only ones that really have to put everything out there? Like, it, so doesn't everyone else look to see how the Packers are doing to try to, I guess, assume what other teams are doing? Every CBA negotiation, the biggest you know, roadblock in full conversation is the transparency of the books being open. That's always the, hey, open the books. We want to see the books. We want to see the numbers. We want to see what's going on. And the NFL has always said, no, 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 no. And the Green Bay Packers being publicly traded and not being owned by one particular person has made them the team that everybody looks to. And whatever money they make, that's what everybody just assumes the other NFL teams that are in much, much much larger markets uh they say they made about the the exact same now very fascinating PL out of green bay packers shareholders meetings we saw this morning though PL profits and losses this is a classic business term <laughs> no big deal but do we have that can we put that tweet up can we find that tweet it is from tom pelicero he literally puts it up there they made 120 million dollars in investments uh, from April 1, 2020 to March 31st, 2021. So there's some financial advisor that's working for the Packers that made them $120 million in investments. I have no idea. In one year? In one year? Yeah, so their, their calendar year, I actually, as soon as this tweet came through, which was only like 10 minutes before the show started, maybe 15 or whatever, I actually went through it. Then I called CFO Phil, and I was like, Phil, will you please help me with this entire thing? Yeah, click on that photo, please, could you? Yeah, 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 here we go. So this is the entire thing here. Zoom in on the lower left portion, just the left side there first. Okay, so now you can... Just stay on the left side. Yeah, perfect. Statement of income, 2021-2020. So they are currently operating in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for them, 2020 to 2021, that's April 1st through March 31st, 2021. Okay, so 2021 numbers right there are from then till now or whatever, till March. Okay, so this year is not being included at all. So, for instance, when I saw the 2021 local revenue at 61 million, they put it in there, by the way, numbers in thousands, which is hilarious. It <laughs> makes it look smaller than it actually is, which is awesome. That's just the move that the NFL is making to try to hide all the money as much as possible (laughs) so that the PR behind it could be great. So $61 million in local revenue, I automatically assumed like, oh, well, that's without the season yet. Like the season hasn't happened yet. That money's going to come in. They're talking about beforehand. This would be in the 2022 numbers. In the years past, they made $210 million. So that's $150 million roughly the Green Bay Packers make off of local revenue whenever the season happens. Mm -hmm. Okay? Insanity. All right? Yeah. That's a lot hey, of so that, money. Pat, quickly, though, that's what? Ticket sales for home games and merch from the pro shop and all of that? Concessions. I would assume parking's in there. Merch. The Hall of Fame Museum that's there. And that's an interesting thing that, uh, you know, CFO Phil said. Very bland breakdown here because you don't see what everything is. You just kind of assume that the local revenue is from the tickets and the on-site that wasn't able to happen. So they lost $150 million this year. All right? 
So the Green Bay fucking Packers make $150 million more money whenever there's fans in the stands each year. So that's just a fact that we should keep going forward. And as prices continue to go up, that number is only going to grow. And remember, the Green Bay Packers, this is the smallest market that there really is. A lot of people travel in. That's why a lot of the local money is high because people get stuff and travel and see stuff. I get it. But just think about Green Bay compared to like New York or New Jersey, California. There's two teams in LA, San Fran. You get it. Then you go down to player costs. That's the shit, you know, that whole thing. Go down to investment fund gain and loss. So in the year 2020, which would be 2019 into 2020, they lost $21 million. They said, we ain't doing that ever again. Okay, give us a fucking new guy or girl. $120 million made in investments. So is that in the, the stock market? Are they buying real estate? Were they on GameStop and AMC? $120 million. Just think if they have the same strategy investment-wise going forward, where's all this fucking money going to? If they have another $120 million, is this normal if we go back to 2019, 2018? Is this what their investment portfolio looks like? I'd like to follow along if that's fucking available. That is so much money that has nothing yeah. to do with football, by the way. Could it be a situation where in 2020 they didn't need their investment money so they lost, but then like a situation like I've done in the past where like I've spent way too much gambling, I pull all my investments out. Okay. So like, hey. I don't think the $120 million is uh, printed material. I assume it's just uh, things that they own. And that's on the asset side over here, which is also fascinating. You might be right, though. They might be trying to cover for some stuff, which I assume they would do. Go to the right, though. This is fascinating to me because the way Tom Pellicero led this is, oh, they lost money because of, uh, you know, the local revenue being down. But they did make up for it a little bit in investments. Yeah, they ended up with $511 million, okay? (laughs) And they started the year at $422 million. I, I think they did just fucking fine. Yeah. I think that was a hell of a year when there was no fans in the stands. They ended up with about a hundred million more dollars by the end of it. That's all I need to see. And I just congrats to the NFL just always. Yeah. The other owners have to hate that this goes out though. Oh yeah. 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 That's why they just say we're the same, right? Because then they don't have to answer for it whatsoever. They don't say we're the same. Everybody just assumes that everybody's the same Uh, because they have no other paperwork to to prove otherwise because all the other entities don't have to do it. It's insane that we get that information. I think that's the biggest thing I took from this morning's meeting, AJ. I mean, I think that's what everyone's looking at for every year. And the fact that you said they made $120 million in investments, I just wonder, because they are developing all of the area around the stadium. You know, you've called a game there. Like, all of that is that it's continuing to grow too like they've bought up a lot of land around it we've talked about on the show they want to be like the patriot place and own everything around it. so the fact that they're gaining assets over time and spending money to develop them but they're still bringing in all that profit i guess is what really is surprising to me yeah and it's title town is that what they're calling it there's title town brewery there's all kind of yeah i don't know what the whole area is called but yeah they have this uh big like hill. fake hill Ooh. That people go tubing down Classic. right across the street from Lambeau. I'm talking right across the street from Lambeau. There's six, seven bars and restaurants in one strip right next to that. I think they own all the property there as well. That Hall of Fame gift shop museum team store thing, that's a racket. Oh, Everybody yeah. that's yeah. come in is going right to there and they get it. They're they're raking in money there. It's it's an unbelievable business. But once again, who where does it who you get, you get that? No, I ain't seen a Our shareholders any of that. Who's getting me? Where's that money I mean, going? I would assume they have some giant accounts with uh, like a slush fund, as that you hear them talk about in movies. Like not and nothing illegal about it, but just all this extra cash and money. Like I know last time they did 
they offered. We can ask Andrew Brand about when he comes on. Like when Two they minutes. gave more stock for uh, the shareholders and they let you come in and buy more after the last Super Bowl. They ended up building a whole new section on the one end of end zone of the stadium too, where they put in new boxes and like eight thousand new seats. So I would assume you could do that debt free if you take it. Just took in all the shareholder money where you gave everybody a piece of paper saying you own the team, and then they gave you cash. So is Mark Murphy in charge of all of that? Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's in charge of all that. I'm sure he oversees a lot of it. Okay, but so like, I'm not going to. Comp- he has to oversee Gunther Kunz's decisions. And what's going on with the football side? He has to oversee a $120 million profitable investment fund that is also happening. Title Town, a Snow Hill, 10 <laughs> bars, and a museum. I mean, is that what Mark Murphy's title is to handle all $120 million made in investments. That is a very successful investment portfolio in a one-year span. Is Mark Murphy sitting back on the public app pulling the trigger with this money? Who, who has to say? Who has to say on the money? I, I don't understand it. Is is and does Aaron want something? Yeah, does Aaron want to say, hey, listen, should. I'd also like you to invest potentially in my company that's happening outside of here? Is is that available? Because did you say my literal batteries died as you were getting into a great example there? I heard the tail end of that. They've invested in whose companies before, you said? Well, everything around the stadium is what I'm saying. Like They have bought all, a lot of the land up, and they want to own all of that stuff to where – like Green Bay is a place people come year round. There's people coming, taking tours through the stadium every single day. I don't know how COVID has affected that, but people go to the pro shop. They bring in tons of money there. But I think all the businesses around there too, like they want to own the land. And I don't know if they want to own the buildings or the the hotels. I'm not sure what exactly it looks like, but I know they want it to be a one stop shop where they own everything. Well, and does does the money made from the shit that they own go into the local, or does it go into the investment? See, this is the bland. Yeah, well, because there's not. That's the weird thing. Yeah, there's no owner. An owner would just take all the profits, you know, and use it how he wants. But now with no owner, is it up to Mark Murphy to decide? I'm sure the board has to make decisions too, though. Well, I mean, that's why it's great to have Andrew on today. Well, Andrew, got to hide profits to those big ass companies yeah. somehow. How do you? And you know, just. I mean, this this conversation could be had at like 45 different levels in the highest of them all, not being comprehensible. But the, where we are chatting right now, I mean. Seems like life is good for the Packers. Why would we want to fuck that up and change anything? Let's just keep this thing going. We got a guy. Let's keep the guy. Let's make the guy happy. And let's all, you know, swim like that goddamn duck in the money that we don't know who owns. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we not? Why, why are we trying to change oh, the it? show? The cartoon you're talking about with the beginning where they jump and swim the coins. Yeah, I, the, gif, the, the gif is what I'm talking. I don't know which duck it is. It is a duck, though. Mm-hmm. Daffy, Scrooge, Scrooge the duck, yeah. Scrooge. 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 He's the dumb one. He's the rich one. Mm, he's very rich. Oh. Who's the one that was in there with uh, Braun Braun kind of leading? That was Daffy. Daffy. Daffy's yeah. the dumb one. He's a dipshit. <laughs> uh, what? What's that, dude? What's the, what's the show called? Is it Darkwing Duck? That was the cartoon? Yeah, yeah, man. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> you know that I have no chance of answering that. I don't know. I just know the gif as well. And I remember when I, as a kid seeing the beginning of it, I think. Did you watch cartoons? Yeah. No, I saw Doug. You remember Doug? Doug, oh, yeah, yeah he's funny, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug was really the only cartoon I can remember ever watching for more than like three minutes. All right, joining us now is a man who doesn't watch any cartoons. Okay, he doesn't have time. This guy's reading, you know, affidavits and contracts and shit like that. He was once a tennis agent. Wow. Yeah. 
Then he worked the game, learned so much, became not only a professor in, in numerous circles and universities, he was also an executive, I think, for the Green Bay Packers at one point, handling the salary cap and the money, understands what it's like working behind the scenes for the Green Bay Packers, which we learned a lot about this morning in the shareholders meeting whenever we saw basically their whole entire P&L sheet, very bland. Uh, to break down that and the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers situation and what it looks like going forward, front of the show, Andrew Brandt. Thank you, Andrew. You know, I, think, I think it was 16 years ago today, or maybe 15 years ago, I was signing a first-round pick, the fifth pick in the draft, that came in all sweaty in his uniform named A.J. Hawk. Hey! Yeah. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary. And, uh, A.J. got rich. <laughs> I had never, I'd never signed a player come in. I talked to A.J. the night before. I said, okay, we're done. It's, it's all done. You're coming in. And come in. Uh, you got. We do. We got to do this early, right? We got to do this at like six thirty, six forty-five a.m. He's like, great. So he shows up at six thirty, full sweat. Of course. Like he had worked out, ready to go. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go, AJ. Love the guy. Hey, that's why AJ got picked five overall. Listen, if you got a meeting at six thirty, I got to work out at five fifteen. Ain't that right, AJ? <laughs> Well, I assume, I don't know, maybe Rock Gullick's in our strength coach back then. Maybe he had something to do with it. But, yeah, it was camp. You know how camp goes, oh, yeah. Pat. you got to get your workout in early because you have 15 hours of meetings and practice the rest of the day. I don't, but you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of had a uh, floating lifting time through the afternoons <laughs> as you guys were trying to learn strategy and scheme and stuff like that. I was trying to pass time, you know, and I, I had to find it in there. Good luck to everybody going to training camp, by the way. Yeah. I, anybody that's watching – I think our views in the NFL are going up, by the way, as people are going into training camp, getting a lot more messages from people. want to let you know, fight the good fight out there. We appreciate you. And it takes all of us. Hey, it, it takes all of us. Let's never forget it, okay? Uh, Andrew Brandt, we'll talk about maybe the business side of COVID and vaccine and non-vaccinated and everything that's going on with that at a different time. Let's talk specifically about Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, in the shareholders meeting this morning. You had a hell of a promo while you were driving yesterday, kind of laying out the entire situation from a cooler heads prevail spot. After hearing what you heard this morning from Mark Murphy, and now Rappaport is reporting that sources close to Aaron Rodgers, which you would think would be that guy over there who's in a closet of some Airbnb in some town somewhere, would be him saying it. How do you, have you changed your thoughts, uh, and how do you think this whole thing works out? Yeah, this is deep. You know, I, people ask me a lot about money because I ran that for 10 years at the Packers, but this is more than money. <laughs> If this was money, bumping them up ahead of Mahomes, giving them future guarantees, giving a lot of new money, it'd be done. You know, that could be done in a day. That's easy. And it's just this long-standing frustration that Aaron's had with the front office. And it's deep. You know, it's deep. I'm not sure who it is, but this is long-standing because we know Murphy, Gutekunst, and LaFleur have been out there this summer or this offseason. And they've sat with them. Yet here we are. There's a feeling of mistrust. There's a feeling that they don't have his back. There's a feeling it's not Jordan Love. It's not Kumaro. It's just this accumulation. So I think we've raised the stakes. You know, what's going to happen tomorrow? We'll see if he shows up or not. But if he shows up, he doesn't want to retire. He wants to put the onus on the Packers to do what they say they're not going to do, which is trade him. And they went through that today. We're working to find a positive resolution with Aaron. What does that mean? That means he's pissed. And they're trying to come up with some way that can be there. Now, what I floated yesterday is just a terrible idea for both sides. But sometimes you get to that point, which is 
Go ahead. Before I say that, go ahead, Pat. What was your line? Sometimes the only way out is a deal that both parties hate. I think was your line. It was a very profound business statement. Is that what you're about to say? I was trying to let you know that I acknowledged your brilliance yesterday as I was listening to it. Thanks, my friend. Sometimes the best deals are the ones that both sides really dislike. There it is. And I wrote it down, by the way, as I'm going into, <laughs> I'm going into a lot of these meetings. Okay, awesome. what they're gonna do, here's, here's the deal that they're going to dislike. You tear up the rest of Aaron's contract. You give him a void after 2021. This is what Brady negotiated with the Patriots a few years ago. What that means is his contract will be over. He gets to pick his team in 2021 instead of what I would think the Packers trading him and getting great value in a trade. The Packers hate that because they get no trade compensation. Aaron probably may hate that, depending on how resolute he is against being there, because they don't want to play for the Packers. But this would get Aaron through 2021 with the Packers before my belief is they were going to trade him anyway. But this time they wouldn't get trade compensation. So this would be a void a la Brady. I don't know if either side will do it, but what's the alternative? What, what know, could the, they do? The alternative is if Aaron is resolute, and fortitude against playing with the Packers, he sits. And he puts the pressure on the team to either have him wallow on the reserve retired list or get some value. And if his strategy is this, he's going to say, well, they're not going to sit on me for a month, for two months, all the way to the trade deadline of October. They're going to get something for me. Yeah. But it's a game of chicken. It's a who'll blink first. And again, this is all assuming that Aaron doesn't show up and say, oh, yeah, that my bad. We're good. Right. But I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe. Hey, Andrew, are you surprised that it got to this point? Do you think that the, the front office was uh, like completely caught off guard when this Schefter news came out? And how, I guess, what could the front office do to to try to make things better? Like, what do you think if, if you're Aaron Rodgers right now? And you're like, hey, in a perfect world, what could they do to make me happy? Yeah, can he get a seat at the table? Like, how would that work? You know, and AJ, you're probably the person we should be asking that question. But from a Green Bay Packers standpoint, like, what can he potentially get that you think would make this, you know, better long term? Yeah, like I said, AJ, I don't think it's drafting Jordan. I don't think it's cutting Jake. I think there's this accumulation of, of what he feels is kind of a lack of respect is probably the wrong word. But you know as well as anyone, AJ. The Packers are all about kind of all 53 are the same. There's no special. Listen, star. we're in a star-driven world, and sometimes you have to treat stars differently. What does that mean? Maybe allowances, maybe letting them do things that other players don't do, maybe not treating them like uh, an, a third-string offensive tackle. These are the kind of things that my sense is he's feeling from the team. And one thing about the Packers, this goes back to Ted Thompson, you know, they have great evaluators, great talent evaluators. Ted was an elite evaluator, but Ted had communication deficiencies. So he let me, and as you remember, AJ, Reggie McKenzie, John Schneider, me, we were the communicators with the agents and the players. I don't know if there's that going on now. I don't know if Aaron feels like there's a voice in the front office that he can sit, shoot the breeze, talk about more than football and feel like, yes, that guy's got my back. So I think we've got deficiencies on both sides. If Aaron feels like I'm out, you know, you know Aaron. You guys know Aaron. He gets it in his head. He, he puts people on blast. That was his word. I remember he said that to me 10 years ago. He puts people on blast. 
Well, and he doesn't go back. Well, that's so very we'll nice. See. That's very nice of him not to do that to, to us. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, putting people on blast, is, in if if that is how the conversation went 10 years ago, it was he's been so behind the scenes on so much stuff for so long. A lot of people have said a lot of terrible shit about him, and he has just kind of stayed back. I like the fact that last year and as of late, he, you know, on that 10, uh, 10 questions with Brant yep. and when he did, like, I like the fact that we're starting to hear him more and like, oh, I don't want to say defend himself, but almost defend himself. The silence about this whole situation has been, you know, confusing for me because I'm like, does he like it? Does he hate it? Does he not know what's going, what's going to end up happening? Is he dead set on something? It's just been, that's why I've been trying to pick that guy in the ratchet closet over there just for information because Aaron Rodgers as a Packer is a beautiful thing to watch go ahead and the putting stuff uh, people on blast things funny too because like the front office has been putting him on blast for yeah. you know like the last Big four guy. years or so but yeah. uh andrew we were looking at the pnl before this and how the packers are bringing in all this money although it's reported that they kind of lost um is there is mark murphy overseeing that in any way and is that why maybe people just kind of look the other way when he drives Aaron out of town and he drives Devonte out of town and maybe zadarius like is he an incredible real estate broker as well around the stadium and that's why it's just kind of like hey do your thing you got to do what you got to do you know it's a different structure than any team in the league as you know we had so much autonomy in the football operations i really was awed by it, but I understood the magnitude. The general manager of the Green Bay Packers and the president are the most powerful people in the NFL in some ways, because there's no owner. There's, you know, owners are a bunch of cheese heads walking around. There's no owner looking over their shoulder. Yeah, we I want did. some answers. No, if no, I you did. don't. You guys just put that cheese no, head. I do. Go ahead, do whatever. Yeah, I do. Ah, Mark, Thanks, Mark. So I think what happens is there, you know, the structure is there's a president, Mark Murphy, there's an executive committee, but those are local business people. They're worried about non-football issues. And then the board of directors, I spoke to them every quarter. They're just like, sounds good to me, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't think there's the oversight that you have with other teams. So I always felt like not having an owner was good and bad. The good you know. was we, we didn't have a guy that was, you know, wrestling away things from us and taking it to his other businesses the bad was we'd go to league meetings and we, i feel like they sort of pat us on the back like oh good old green bay because we didn't have a billionaire at the table yeah and so in a situation like this someone would come in and say hey do something now the balance sheet you see they had a bad year locally because of the pandemic the local money was down but the key number there is 309 million that first number on the left that is the national distribution. This is a peek into the whole league because every team gets that. That's the national revenue. So before you turn the lights on, before you get one drop of local revenue, which you see went down from 210 to 61, they have $309 million. The Andrew, cap, Andrew. The caps 200 million. Yeah, so they're already making money. And I don't want to I don't want to step on you there, but I have a real question that I don't think a lot of people will ever get an answer from. And you're one of the only people I think that could give us an answer. Go back to that thing. Who's running the investment fund? 120 million dollars from March 31st uh, or from April 1st uh, 2019 or 2020 to uh, March 31st 2021. 120 million dollars in invest. Who is Mark Murphy overseeing the invest? Who's who's running that? And if that's going to is that something that's normal? Does that have do they have nine figure um, investment or, or yeah nine for ten eleven? How many figure nine nine nine, nine figure? Do they have nine figure investments normally every single year? Who's running that and who gets that money if there's no owners? That just 
just go back into the building? Does that go to what? what who? Do, where does this money go? Yeah, we used to call it a preservation fund. Just the fact that we would never move and we preserve it in Green Bay. I don't know what they call it now, but it just builds up and up. And who manages it are a bunch of different money managers that we've retained throughout the years to manage our money and do investments with that money. But it's there. You know, when I did contracts, I'm like, okay, we got the cash. <laughs> I don't know exactly where it's coming from, but we got the cash. So if I want to give AJ that $30 million bonus I gave him, I had it. <laughs> you know, so That's got to be billions and billions of dollars at this point, though, huh? Yeah, again, again, there's no owner worth billions of dollars. There's a preservation fund worth that kind of money that's going to sort of serve the interests of the Packers. Now, when the Packers make eyes? a profit, yeah. it's, it's going back in, no, the weight room and everything else about Lambeau Field, they bought up real estate, as you know, about Titletown. They've invested in uh, businesses around the area of Lambeau Field. That's where it's going. Such a fascinating situation. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Hope you do another car chat. It was like a TED Talk yesterday. And uh, we'll keep an eye on this, and hopefully you'll come back and keep us informed. Yeah, this is quite a moment. And a uh, little plug, Pat, I now do a newsletter so people can get all my, all my thoughts. Okay, where? Uh, how, do we get, how do we sign up? So I, I ha you can sign up at andrew-brandt.com. Okay. I got a newsletter every Sunday. I give some sort of unique content like this. Oh, we appreciate you so much. Your brain is a fascinating one. Your experiences are some that we have never seen or heard from before. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, andrew-brandt.com. Andrew Brandt. Thank you. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet use it nah also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. I know there's a lot of other options out there that are probably much better than us. I know they're much better than me, but I assume much better than us in the fact you allow us to be a part of your day-to-day. -day. You know, and I think, I think holding us to a standard of being an information giver for you on the day-to-day -day in the sports world is a massive honor that I can't thank you enough for. We'll be back tomorrow with a massive show. The Packers are checking into training camp. All teams are going to be around. There's going to be stories. There's going to be magic. Be a friend, tell a friend. Hashtag end of pod squad. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday night. We'll see you tomorrow.